Hello, hello, and welcome to Art House Garage, the snob-free film podcast where we make art house, indie, classic, and foreign cinema accessible to the masses. I'm your host, Andrew Sweatman, and today on the show, we're discussing the new film entitled Dumb Money, from director Craig Gillespie and starring Paul Dano, Pete Davidson, America Ferreira, and many more. Joining me this week is film critic Saxton Whitehead. Stick around. Yo, what up, everybody? Roaring Kitty here. I'm gonna pick a stock and talk about why I think it's interesting, and that stock is GameStop. I love this guy. Retail traders have hooked into GameStop. I think they think it's a good investment. It looks like there's one guy driving all the buying. Who is this schmuck? Dumb money, man. Happy to take it. Wall Street is betting that this company is gonna fail. If it fails, these hedge fund people make a ton of money. 70,000 people have watched this video. Titty, I love you! If he's in, I'm in. If he's in, I'm in. GameStop, those shares not stopping. Those stock is only gonna go up. When they hit, I'm gonna buy you a mansion. Let's drink to that. My brother is a nerd. Wall Street must be seeing this, right? You should probably dial in. Holy shit. Do you have a minute? I, uh, um. Babe, how much did we make today? Five million. How much did we lose today? A billion. And yesterday? Four million. And yesterday? A billion. Babe. Yeah. We're like really rich. Welcome to Art House Garage. Filmmaker Craig Gillespie has an interesting body of work. He's directed indie films like Lars and the Real Girl, awards contenders like I, Tanya. He directed a few episodes of the miniseries Pam and Tommy, and he's worked with Disney films like Million Dollar Arm and Cruella. Uh, his latest film is in theaters now, and it looks at a significant event in recent history. Dumb Money tells the story of the GameStop stock market controversy of early 2021, but it's not just a straight drama. Far from it, actually. The story is presented with tons of humor, looking at the everyday investors who became part of an online movement. Um, Returning to the show today is film critic Saxon Whitehead. He's the Arkansas critic behind DrPopcorn.net, and I've loved getting to know him over the last year or so. If you've heard him on the podcast before, you know he's incredibly insightful, so I was so happy he agreed to come back for this one. Saxon Whitehead, welcome back, and how are you? Uh, Doing great. Yeah, uh, we saw each other recently at a film thing and i was like oh i need to get you back on the podcast and it worked out so yeah i uh, went and saw dumb money recently and uh yeah i was curious for you how much did you know about this movie before you saw it and was it what you expected all right so um i mean i'd seen the trailer a handful of times before Mm -hmm. you know a few movies i've seen you know in the past couple months or so um, it was one of those things that I didn't realize they were making a movie about, you know, this, the GameStop mm-hmm. short squeeze. Cause like, I remember that happening and all that, but when yeah. I realized like, Oh, I didn't know they were, you know, making a movie. Yeah. <laughs> so I was really intrigued by it. Um, I, I was a little kind of skeptical. I was like, I don't know if this is going to work as a movie or not, but mm-hmm. I was too curious to pass it up. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I remember when that happened and it was, it seemed like remarkably quickly after that, like people were buying the rights to the story. Like there were, I think, multiple projects trying to be made. And this is just the first one that made it to 
to production. Um, but yeah, I think same thing. I'd seen the trailer a few times and I was like, okay, I can see they're going for like a, the big short vibe a little bit and maybe, uh, and I really enjoyed that film a few years ago. And so I think for that reason, I was kind of like hesitant. Is this just going to be like a copycat of that kind of thing? Um, but I found it to be quite a bit more than that. So we'll get into it. But I, uh, I generally enjoy this a lot more than I expected to. Um, so much of the story relies on things that happened online. So and that's, sometimes that's a weird dynamic in a film, like putting internet things into cinema. Does it always work that well? Uh, how well did the internet stuff in this movie work for you? Um, I was honestly really surprised with how well it worked for me. Because, mm. I mean, like you're saying, it is kind of, you know it tends to be very hit or miss. It sometimes doesn't translate mm-hmm. as well as we would hope. But with this being a story that is so much rooted in the internet itself, it's kind of one of those things that one, you can't avoid. And yeah. two, I think it honestly might've been a little bit easier for um, Gillespie and um, the uh, two uh, writers whose names are escaping mm-hmm. me right now, but um, me too, but I'll look them up so we can yeah. <laughs> mention them in a second. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, for them to kind of be able to kind of uh, bridge that gap a little bit easier. Some mm-hmm. of it doesn't always work for me. Like, there's some things where I'm like, okay, it's a little cheesy. Mm-hmm. But I thought a lot of the stuff, especially with Reddit, I thought yeah. worked extremely well. Um, mm-hmm. The way that they went about it, you know, including the posts in there, kind of having a lot of the, um, you know, the actual stuff that was being said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to kind of jump ahead a little bit, there's like a whole scene where we jump around to all the different characters and they're reading a post that um, Paul Dano's character, uh, Keith, that he like had written. It's like a big, you know, whole thing where like just jumping around. And I think mm-hmm. that is one of the better uses of it. Um, you know, but, but yeah, generally speaking, I think the internet stuff worked fairly well. Um, but again, that's just a tricky thing to bring to the screen yeah. anyway. But I think, all things considered, they did a great job with it. Yeah, I agree. And I think it, it surprised me. I, I, I agree that there's a couple things that were like, weren't the best about it, but uh, first of all, really quickly to give credit to those writers, there's three writers, Lauren Shuker Bloom, Rebecca Angelo, and Ben Mesrich. Mesrich. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I think the trick that this did really well was like finding the humanity in the internet posts, you know, like, the first thing we see actually it starts out with just people i guess i guess we the first thing we see is like seth rogan on his computer and stuff but then right. it's when um paul dano gets home and he's he's had this beer with a friend and his wife is like go make a video and then we see like the ritual of him getting to his streams and everything it's like this is such a human thing that he's doing um and then everyone's responding to that so like all the characters are responding to like this thing that he loves to do. So yeah, I think they, they did a good job of capturing that and letting us in behind the curtain of his process and all of that was cool. Uh, but yeah, I think if anything struggled a little bit, it was like, there's some like, like montages of posts, which I like seeing the actual posts, but I thought maybe that went on a little long a couple of times. I agree. Um, but and it was interesting too. I don't necessarily have this as a complaint, but like it shows the good, bad and the ugly of that. So like, I mean, there's tons of, ableist language and like that, that was like really built into this movement and obviously a lot of homophobia and, and that's actually a plot point because it's at one point the reddit page gets shut down because of that but really is it because of the the powers that be or messing with the stock stuff but um but yeah i think largely i agree the internet stuff worked really well 
Yeah. Um, to kind of jump off what you were saying, that is pro- that was one of the things that did bother me was, you know, how it included some of that language that is mm-hmm. harmful. I, I feel like it's, again, kind of one of those things that sadly, I don't know if they could have gotten around it just because mm-hmm. I think they were, for what they're trying to go with, rather. Obviously, yeah. I would much rather them not do that at all. Yeah, yeah. But I think just based on what that community is, there is, you know, that toxicity that mm-hmm. they don't shy away from, yeah. which kind of rubbed me the wrong way. But yeah, I get it at the same time. But I, I could have done without it all the same. Yeah, it's like on the one hand, you want to, you know, be true to the history of this, this real thing that happened. And at the same time, is there a way I feel like maybe they could have addressed it a little better because the, the only real addressing of that they have is that Seth Rogen's character at one point is like, can they even say that? Are we allowed to say that? Right. Because um, they use the R word, the ableist slur right. a lot. Like they call themselves that, which is it's which actually ties into the title of the movie because they're the whole idea is like, oh, we're this movement of people who don't know what we're doing. Obviously, that's a really offensive way to put it. Um, but yeah, so maybe they could have addressed that a little bit more thoroughly or something uh but but yeah that's 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 an interesting aspect of it and my next question was going to be like do you have any complaints about the film and that i guess is one thing to to discuss there is there anything else about the film that didn't work for you or you didn't like about it um i mean aside from that i would say one thing that kind of it's hard for me to really call it a complaint but it is kind of you know a bit of an issue i had just a little you know thing I feel like for so much of the film, it's just, you know, at least for like the first chunk of it, it just feels like a lot of exposition mm-hmm. and it's kind of necessary because I mean, one, you got to get us in the world of this movie Two, though. Like there's just so many characters in it, which yeah. I think is more of my issue than like the actual exposition. It's mm-hmm. just, I feel like it's kind of spreading it a little bit too thin in places. Um, I think it just needs to just kind of should have, if it kind of just like reigned in the focus, just like the tiniest bit, mm-hmm. I think it might've been a little bit stronger, but that said, Maybe cut one or two of those, like, cause yeah, there's, there's a, quite a, a wide range of characters that we're seeing, but yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but like that said, like it's, it's not like it's completely just, you know, took me out of the film. It's not like it completely yeah. took away from my experience, but yeah, I think if they just cut maybe one or two of the storylines, it would have been a little bit, felt a little bit more, um, I don't really know what the word is I'm looking for, but kind of streamlined or yeah, um, focused or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I think I could I can see that for sure. It is it's an interesting like, so I, I mean I can see the tactic of like okay we're gonna show like the everyday people who I, I wonder if they're not all based on real people uh, because I mean we're having their it, it's an interesting little gimmick that it gives it's like here's the net worth of these people which is really cool and I think one of the strengths of the script is like the ways it's not just like rich people bad it, like it really shows that disparity in some like ways that you can sink your teeth into like here's the actual numbers of and these people are worth negative money because they have student yeah. loans and like all of that is is really interesting and and even the title i didn't like know that that was a term that uh people like dumb money i was like that's a weird name for the movie but it's actually a perfect name for the movie because you know that's again like kind of an offensive thing that rich people say about regular retail traders, like regular people, it's dumb money. It doesn't matter to the actual stock market, whatever. And the whole point of this movie is like, it, it does if we do it right, you know? So I thought that was really interesting. Um, 
yet. So out of all those different characters, do you have any like favorite performances that stuck out to you? Um, I mean, to be the clear standout is Paul Dano. I mean, mm, yeah, he has long been one of my favorite actors. I really enjoy, you know, pretty much everything he does. And I think that this is, you know, he is kind of doing a little bit of the stuff that he almost always does, you know, the kind of, you know, the really quiet, soft-spoken, you know, kind of mm-hmm. delivery. But there's just something about the little things that he does and the little ways that he kind of connects with this character that really worked for me. So I thought he was great. Um, I also really enjoy America Ferreira in this. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like her whole storyline was probably one of the more compelling of you know, kind of the, the regular people, you know, for yeah. lack of a better term. Um, I just was really, you know, fascinated by, you know, that whole story. Um, and I yeah. thought she was, you know, just absolutely great. I think that um, the scenes between her and uh, Larry Owens, you know, um, mm-hmm. when they're at the, yeah. you know, the hospital, um, you know, their coworkers, I think those scenes are some of the best of the movie, in my opinion. Mm, They're just like some of the moments where I was really laughing. I think their dynamic's good. Mm -hmm. Uh, But Ferreira, you know, really does a great job here. I just think that it's just a very, you know, grounded performance. I think it's a very honest performance. It's one that I really liked a lot. Yeah, completely agree. I was going to say her as well. She... I hadn't really, I'd seen her, I guess I'd seen her in a few things, but then we watched the show Superstore a few years, like a couple years ago during pandemic time. And I was like, she's such a good actor and like, so, so like down to earth, which is like perfect for this role too. And of course she's great in Barbie recently too. I thought she was really good in that. But yeah, absolutely. She's a standout for me. Um, and yeah, Paul Dano, like you're saying, I, I meant to go and like watch some of the actual videos of the actual guy. Cause at the end it's cool. Cause it shows the real people. Um, but Paul Dano is it seems like an interesting choice because he is such a soft-spoken guy and, and like brings that to his role even if it's like something creepy like the Riddler you know he's bringing that sound of soft-spoken energy to it but this is a guy who's like supposedly big and loud making videos on the internet but I, it still really works and so I'm wondering you know if the real guy had a you know sort of a chill nature even though he's making these funny videos um but yeah, I mean, I thought Vincent D'Onofrio, who plays Steve Cohen, it was a, one of the, all of the rich, the rich dudes were really funny, I thought, and it worked really well. Um, yeah. Nick Offerman was really hilarious. It's interesting that there's a stoner character, and it's not Seth Rogen playing him. Yeah. <laughs> like, if this was, you know, 10, 15 years ago, Seth Rogen would have been the Pete Davidson character. And Pete Davidson's uh-huh. fine in this, he's funny. Yeah. Um, and uh, but yeah, honestly, all the performances I thought were really good. Um, yeah. Yeah. Solid, solid acting across the board. Yeah, I agree. It's a, I mean, I think this, the ensemble is just so strong, just yeah. like all the way through. Um, like even like, cause like I was thinking about afterwards, I was like, even what I would, some of the, what I might consider like the weaker performances are still like really good. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, you know, I think it's very consistent though for the most part. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. The, you know, it's interesting. So I think Anthony Ramos does a good job as well. I guess this is getting into maybe a question about like favorite moments or just most interesting things about this. Cause one of the things that I thought was pretty fascinating, <laughs> it reminded me of the Barbie movie a little bit actually to bring that back up because of the way in Barbie, like obviously this movie is made by Mattel yet Mattel is sort of the villain corporation. It's which is like a weird dynamic yeah. of who's funding this and all that. But the way that GameStop is part of the story and like, 
he has this crappy job at GameStop. And obviously GameStop didn't make this movie, but um, they had to, I don't know the legalities of like using corporate and using copyrighted stuff, whatever, but like they had to have had some say in it. Right. I think, I don't know um, to depict, you know, a, yeah. an employer, an employee working there. But yeah, it's yeah. interesting that one of the people in this movie, like, you know, worked here in the GameStop and was uh, on both sides of it in a way. It was kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I, I, I'm with you. Like I thought that whole angle was very fascinating, you know, just, it wasn't, that was kind of what I was expecting the least because I was like, oh, well, you know, it's just going to be about people who just get into the stocks, you know, that's first going to be it. And so whenever he shows up, because like his first scene in the movie is him showing up to work at the GameStop. Yeah. Like you don't know where he's going. And then, yeah, he walks into the GameStop. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, okay. And I thought that was really interesting. And also, um, just while we're on that topic, um, some of the best, um, well, not maybe not some of the best, some of my personal favorite moments, though. Are when he's at the GameStop and whenever um, Dane DeHaan, yeah, um, <laughs> their dynamic is really funny. Like, the, like he he was cracking me up. Dane DeHaan was mm. like the whole thing. He kept pulling out that binder <laughs> with like that circle. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting too because he you don't see his face at first because everyone's masked up. So like right. we can talk about that whole period piece aspect of it too, which is interesting. Mm. But I was like, who is that? And he looks so familiar, and then when he pulls the mask out at the end, it's like, oh, it's Dane DeHaan. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, I thought he was really good as well. But yeah, the pandemic stuff I thought was really interesting too, because like, there's there was a time when I didn't want to see pandemic stuff on TV, you know, <laughs> I yeah. didn't escape from that. But it's far enough now, I think that it's it's interesting to see it depicted and ever like the boss reminding you, hey, don't forget to put your mask on, and um, all of those things were were interesting. But yeah, I thought that was handled really well too, and um, yeah, an interesting yeah. moment in history captured pretty well. Oh yeah, no, I, I agree, I, and I'm with you too. Like, I really, you know, anytime I see something that kind of you know broaches that topic of you know of COVID and stuff, I, I, I get like a little kind of you know worried. I'm like, okay, yeah. where are we gonna go with this? Like, what's? I, I don't know if I really want to see this, but I thought they handled it very well. Like, it wasn't like they didn't really lean into it mm-hmm. too much to where it's like you know this is all we're talking about. But like, it was you know such a part of this entire you know yeah thing this entire Mm -hmm. thing that you can't really again you can't avoid it it's kind of something you have to have in there and i think that the way that they put it in this movie like really does work and i think that it is one of the better you know portrayals of it that i have seen in a lot of this recent uh media so yeah it's also like it's because it's a recent history to like remember when that happened because i remember it was that january of 2021 every it was like every wednesday of that month something nuts happened in the news first one was january 6 riots oh, man. and then i can't remember what the second wednesday was something wild and then the third wednesday was gamestop stuff but it was like what is going on here this is the <laughs> weirdest month ever but um there's no riot stuff i don't think in the in the movie i was kind of looking to see if they would like put down the news or anything like that but um, they shied away from that which is probably yeah. a good choice but um but yeah, all in all, I thought I was generally much more impressed with this than I expected to be. It's it, as much as The Big Short is like a good comparison. It's more of a popcorn movie, I think, like more of a crowd pleaser kind of than that, even though that is quite a crowd pleaser. And like, that's what it was going for. But I feel like this one's even more so. And I think I think the first thing I ever saw written about this movie was, oh, it's kind of like 
the big short meets the social network. And you can definitely see the influence of both of those on it. In fact, that's probably what they said in the pitch meeting when they were like trying to get this made. Um, but, but yeah, I think uh, all of that, all, all those influences come through in a good way. And, uh, but it also manages to be its own thing. And um, yeah, I, I, I think if anyone hasn't seen it and they're not sure about whether they should, it, it's such a crowd pleaser. I think most people would really enjoy it. Uh, so I do recommend it. Yeah. Yeah. I recommend it as well. Um, you know, kind of going off of what you're saying, I do think that this is definitely, you know, like it, it has a lot of that same energy of the big short without, you know, like big short, you know, it's a little bit more, in your face, it's a little yeah, bit more you the meta you know, stuff where it's like, yeah, now we're going to show Margot Robbie in the bath explaining math to you or like right. those things. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's, <laughs> it doesn't it's, go that far. <laughs> yeah, it's like the it's the Adam McKay, you know, yeah. thing where he's just like, okay, we're going to get really, you know, into this. I think this one's definitely more straightforward. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit more, you know, kind of they kind of dial back like in terms of like the stylization and stuff yeah. like that, like, um. So I definitely think that this is something that might be a little bit more accessible in that regard. Yeah. Um, And honestly, I think that the way the whole movie ends up, it's just one of those things that you can't help but just, you know, kind of leave the theaters being like, all right, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like little guys. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like you go. Yeah. And that's the question I had too, is like just how much of an impact did this really have? And maybe there's debate about that, I'm sure. But, um, and like, is the ending of this movie going to like leave me with something tangible? And I feel like it really did. Like, it has a great, you know, end of the movie text of explaining here's what happened next, or like, here's sort of um, what's changed now because of this. And like, it felt like real, you know, like people don't take dumb money for granted as like in the way that they used to and all of that. Yeah. Um, Which is, yeah, I thought that worked really well. But yeah, I think as we've talked so much about this, but we haven't talked so much about the comedy of it so if anyone hasn't seen it this is a very funny movie too like mm-hmm. like i was laughing a lot and and also just like moments of can you believe that happened you know who else is really good in this sebastian stan um as the, yeah. the robin hood one of the robin hood co-ceos like that all of his scenes are really funny and i was really enjoying that as well yeah. yeah, I don't want to get into like I don't really want to get into like specifics necessarily because I don't want to. I mean, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, how, can you consider what I'm about to say a spoiler? Because it's, <laughs> it's real life. I mean, yeah. we can give I mean, a little spoiler warning. I think we're close to the end anyway. So, yeah, spoiler warning if you haven't seen it. Yeah. So, doing, so yeah. very mild spoiler at least. Yeah. You know, you know, whenever it gets to the end where we're at the hearing where mm-hmm. we're talking to, um, you know the billionaires and all that stuff. Yeah. There's this moment in that scene where they're talking to Sebastian Stan, where he just completely like this whole time we've been seeing him just kind of be this like real, you know, highfalutin kind of guy, you know, he's yeah, just all yeah. You know, like, yeah, you know, it's like I, I made Robin hood because, you know, I wanted to make a change and I want to do all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And then when he gets in that hearing, it's like all that just drops <laughs> and the look on his face killed me it was yeah, the oh funniest thing just to see all that just just melt away yeah and i think that yeah, like absolutely. that's just big big kudos on a special stands part i think he yeah. did great totally agree really well done that's also reminding me just how like they wove in the actual footage like so like those hearings happened mm-hmm. 
via zoom or whatever is virtually yeah. because it was uh, 2021 and like so we have aoc the actual aoc and like but they're talking back to sebastian stan and the actors and stuff so i thought that was cool as well and then in the, the credits we see like the actual a little bit of the actual conversation which was right. really cool as well yeah yeah well any other thoughts about uh dumb money before we wrap it up um I mean, honestly, not particularly. I mean, yeah. I'll I'll just say, you know, I really enjoyed this one a lot more than I thought I would. Um, mm-hmm. It's very funny. There were some moments that, like, really, you know, made me laugh out loud, like, just, like, really hard that I was just, like, kind of yeah. surprised. Like, and it was just, like, little things, too. Like, there's this one, um, like, line delivery that I keep thinking about. It's, um, it, it was Pete Davidson's character, actually, mm-hmm. kind of in, in those hearings, there's like the part where Paul Dano's giving <laughs> his big testimony <laughs> and he mentions his parents. And then all of a sudden you hear Pete Davis go, that's you, ma. <laughs> yeah, that made me laugh so hard too. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That was, so I funny. thought it was great, yeah. but yeah, no, um, I definitely recommend this one. I'd say mm-hmm. definitely go check it out. Completely agree. And one final thought is just that it's, it's like my wife doesn't watch a ton of movies, but she would love this. I'm like, you gotta see this movie. She hasn't seen it yet, but, um, with all the union stuff going on in Hollywood, it's interesting because it, this movie's not about a union, but it's, it's very much like power to the people and, um, you know, organizing and, and making change happen. So like if you're politically minded in, in those kinds of ways at all, I, there's, you're going to find a lot to like about this as well. So definitely recommend. And uh, yeah, dumb money still in theaters now and I'd recommend checking it out. There you go. Well, thank you so much, Saxon. This has been great. I really appreciate you coming on, and I can't wait to talk to you next time. All right. Thanks for having me. Remind us really quickly. I, I know I mentioned at the top of the show, drpopcorn.net. Anywhere else we can find you online? Um, you can find me on, um, I guess, Dow It's X, Twitter, yeah, t- whatever you want to call it. X well, I, I still call it Twitter. <laughs> yeah, um, but you can find me there at Saxon Whitehead, and um, you can also find me on Letterboxd um, just by searching my name, Saxon Whitehead. There you go. And I'll find those and link them in the show notes as well. But give Saxon a follow. Check out his writing. I'm a fan of it myself. And uh, cool. Well, we'll talk to you next time. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you. Huge thanks to Saxon for that great discussion. Stay tuned. Next time, Saxon is actually back again to talk about the new Netflix film, Fair Play, from writer-director Chloe Domont and starring Phoebe Denever and Alden Ehrenreich. Then after that, planning to do an episode on the new Martin Scorsese film, killers of the flower moon that one of course has leonardo dicaprio and lily gladstone and robert de niro very excited for that and then after that the plan is to get back to the aronofsky series and end that out with noah and mother so some very good stuff ahead and with that thank you so much for listening to art house garage we have a few years worth of episodes now you can hear all of those in your podcast app of choice our theme music is by composer Paul Hunefeld. Learn more at appallingproductions.com. If you want to support Arthouse Garage, become a patron over at patreon.com slash arthousegarage or find a link in the show notes. You can also buy an Arthouse Garage t-shirt at arthousegarage.com slash shop. If you want to support us without spending any money, leave a rating or review in your podcast app. That is hugely helpful. Stay in the loop about Arthouse Garage and the films we're covering by subscribing to our email newsletter at arthousegarage.com slash subscribe 
or you can email me directly, andrew at arthousegarage.com. And of course, follow on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. Just search at Arthouse Garage in all those places or find links in the show notes. That will do it for this episode. Thank you again so much for listening. And until next time, keep it snob free.